So Gary, I mm-hmm. don't know if you know this, but we got some bad news this week. Yes, what would that be? Um, the only way that I was going to make money is no longer a viable option, and I'm pretty heartbroken about it. <laughs> for, for those of you who don't know, uh, OnlyFans is taking away explicit content. and well, Specifically pornographic content. And I had a legitimate like plan, quote-unquote, you guys can't see them, but I was going to make a... Not really, but I was going to make a... Uh, we were joking around about making an OnlyFans account, um, but I but I, I had thought it out, guys. Um, you know, there was going to be three tiers. I was going to keep my face out of it. Wasn't going to show, you know, any, any full frontal nudity, but it was going to be, you know, like belly pics, booty pics, and feet pics, and I was going to make a bunch of money from <laughs> and it. And it was going to be tasteful, artistic. I, I feel like that's still okay. That's still on the table, but if there's any, like... I'm trying to find a nice way to say this. If there's any insertion of any kind, you're taken off. Like okay. if you put a carrot in your belly button, you're automatically out of there. Okay, but I do have to be honest. A couple weeks ago, I know you're going to laugh about this. Uh, you know, on the podcast, Gary and I have talked about how, you know, we're Christians or whatnot. And I was in church and we were talking or the pastor was talking about how there's thirst traps and you need to be watching out for them. And I felt convicted on the fact that I had gotten so far in my thought process of making an OnlyFans. <laughs> You're like, I could cause my brothers to sin by looking at my booty. <laughs> and and so yes, not I was I was in church and I was like, oh man. Oh like ew, ew. Anyway. Well I was texting you this week about that because this is the conversations we have when we don't want to do our actual respectable jobs. Um, And I'm like, okay, what counts as this censored kind of content? And you're like, I guess anything that gets somebody off. And I'm like, but people get off to all kinds of non-sexual things. I know. People are weird, man. People are weird. But uh, long story short, folks, um, we are not going to pursue a Patreon. We're going to pursue an OnlyFans. Um, we think we could give you better content through that route. And I know um, Kev from the Force Losers podcast would not only fully support this, but probably be on the account as well. He's he's offered to us many a time. Um, we do have a very significant vetting process. Um, <laughs> so... <laughs> All jokes aside, guys, we are Pod Wars. I'm Justice. That's Gary. Hello there. And what are we? We're talking about quite a few things today, Gary. Just kind of all over the place. We're gonna cover some trailers, and we like to do our favorite thing where we haven't watched them yet, and then while we record, we tell you guys that we've stopped the podcast, and then we watch it, and then come right back, even though like there's no break in the actual podcast when you're listening to it. And then, so I think we're covering the Shang Chi um, like teaser that came out a couple mm-hmm. days ago. Uh, the Eternals trailer, which I'm really excited to talk about. There's a lot that happened in that trailer. And uh, Star Wars Visions. And then Gary and I had the opportunity to go to the Marvel Museum, or Marvel Exhibit and the Science and Industry Museum in Chicago, which that was great. And then Mm -hmm. we're going to end with some comics, talking about Free Comic Book Day that happened last Wednesday, and a new comic that I read that I absolutely loved and is sacrilegious. Yes, it sounds amazing, and I'm looking forward to having you break it down for everyone. But yeah, we just went to the Marvel Museum today, and that was a blast. And I'm excited for the trailers. I haven't seen any of them yet, so I'm kind of hyped. I'm I've been watching a ton of anime, so I'm like primed for visions. And I've been reading. I told you the Jack Kirby old Eternals comics, and they're actually pretty dope. Well, Jack Kirby, you know, he's amazing. He's phenomenal. He you know helped 
you know, spark so much stuff in Marvel. So, I mean, but yeah, like, it's... here's the thing. So, like, I go through phases where I'm really into the old OG comics, and like, I'm reading through this, and I'm like, this is such a cool concept. Um, basically, on this idea of the gods of the ancient world are the Eternals and the Celestials that are essentially kind of alien beings, but also not because the Eternals are somewhat similar to us. Um, and that history has interpreted them as like the Greek gods, as the different mythologies. And I thought it was such a cool idea. But then you'd go to parts where they're like, like, stop woman, this is man's work. Or like, holy cats, look at that. And you're like, okay, yeah, this is a 1960s comic. It like breaks that barrier of like, this is a good story because of the time place it was made and whatnot. It, it definitely does. Like, you're you're reading it and you're like, I'm really hyped, I'm really into this. And then they're like, holy badonkers. <laughs> and you're <laughs> like, just say shit. Okay, just say shit. Well, they couldn't at that time. They got that Comics Code Authority, but which I'm we'll like, get into a little bit later. We know when Jack Kirby wrote Badonkers, he meant shit, and he's like, nope, I got to say Badonkers instead. All right, so I think we should talk about the Shang-Chi trailer first. So yes. You guys don't know this, but we're about to pause this podcast. Okay, so it's mainly a short clip. But this clip, actually, I think it gives me a lot of hype from the movie. Each and every time, like, okay, I'll admit, when they announced Shang-Chi coming out, I was not hyped at all. I'm like, I, I've never heard of this character. But each and every trailer and clip I watch of this movie, I'm like, this looks awesome. I agree. I The the fighting, you know, there's a, they're definitely using, you know, heavily it's kung fu, obviously. But there's a lot of good, you know, moves in there. I liked it. I really liked the thing that stuck out to me in the um, trailer was the guy who was like recording and like Marvel obviously we've talked about it before has that humor in it but I thought it was kind it was of hilarious funny. how he was like I took some martial arts as a little kid <laughs> and, and I'm gonna I'm gonna like like being a modern day person trying to you know be famous on TikTok or Instagram or whatever it is yeah no I I appreciated that humor it was classic Marvel humor but done in a fun like clever way and I like that they're really I feel like they're leaning into the like Bruce Lee kung fu aspect because the fight choreography is so different compared to other marvel movies and it's just interesting and cool i like how he's like sheepish if that makes sense mm. he's he'll you know throw a really great punch but at the same time like when he falls next to the girl he's like shy and like waves at yeah her but then at this but then like we'll get up and go and you know punch another dude or pull the guy to hit his head in a bar or something like that it reminds me of like there was an old jackie chan movie where he was like this drunken master and it's kind of like that with that cheapest sheepish uh semi-comical type of fighting it really gave me like major old jackie chan movie kind of vibes yeah so guys i'm really excited for this it comes out i believe september 3rd mm -hmm. um again i don't personally know a whole lot about the character that gary was saying but i did pick up a couple of comics so i'm hoping that i'll have time to read them so when we go and see the movie and give you guys our review and kind of talk about it we can definitely also introduce some of that comic history into it as well yeah because we're definitely going to give a review on shang chi and try to get a little bit more into his history um because you're like you were mentioning to me before how there's more of an like a generalized group of asian superheroes that are very prevalent in marvel that just we neither of us have been really interested into introduced to right there yeah for those of you guys who don't know um marvel has so many different comics and so many different characters and we'll kind of get into that when we talk about the marvel museum but they have recently just introduced a bunch of 
Asian superheroes that I really haven't had a whole lot of chance to kind of experience. Um, for example, you know, we see Jimmy Woo and Ant-Man stuff and he's like this funny or WandaVision. He's like this funny guy trying to learn magic and whatnot. But in the comics, he's like as badass as Nick Fury and sometimes even like more badass mm-hmm. and, you know, hardcore and whatnot. And completely different from the character that we see in the movies. And then, but he's made this team of superheroes who kind of, you know, help, um, they're all, um, of Asian descent. And so it's something that, uh, it's just like the area of the Marvel, you know, comic universe that I have really not delved into. Yeah. I'm looking forward to diving into it now. Each and every trailer, it, it looks more and more dope, but what's, should we do Eternals next year, dude? Yeah, I'm really excited to see this one. I personally have already seen it, and I've seen a bunch of TikToks of people talking about it. There is a lot in this one. Um, this one that we just like talked about was this like this one-minute teaser fighting action And it one. mainly gives a taste of the fighting, which right. is still really cool, but not as much to break down. Yes, but this next one, we're going to do the Eternals one. I'm really excited about, but uh, yeah, we'll be back in a second. Okay, so before we dive into the trailer... Um, I think we should give some background info on who the hell are the Eternals. Right. As I was watching this, my first question was going to be, you've been reading the comic. I really haven't been. Or at least you've been, you just talked about how you read the old stuff. Yeah. How does the old stuff that you've like come to know kind of relate to the trailer? Are there any characters that you are familiar with? Yeah. So there's a few things that I noticed. I, uh, I, I didn't mention this, but I read through the volume one with the Jack Kirby Eternals and then the volume one of the Neil Gaiman Eternals, which is more of the recent one. I think they're getting influence from both within this trailer. But um, to start kind of more in the beginning on who the hell are the Eternals. So essentially, we have to start with who created them. And that would be the Celestials, that big red robot looking dude. It was so cool seeing, and there was the it green was so one too. Cool. Yeah, but like the only celestial we've seen is nowhere with his head cut off. We haven't seen. We uh, saw a little glimpse on Guardians Two, I believe. Right, like, th- like, but it was like a vision or whatever. Like it wasn't, or like a like it was just a yeah. A it flash. wasn't actually seeing it. This is yes. seeing a celestial. Like chills when I saw that. It's super cool seeing them being brought in because of the emergence. But like, we'll, we'll talk about but that in a second. Like, okay, so to explain the Eternals, you have to explain the Celestials. Celestials are those big robot-looking dudes, and essentially they are like basically the most intelligent species in the universe. And they are so intelligent and so powerful that they're kind of beyond need like they just create an experiment now and just try new things within their awesomeness and what they did is they came to earth whatever millions of years ago back when we were all just apes in the marvel universe and they took the original apes and mutated them into three different species one is the is the deviants the bad guys of this eternal trailer who were kind of like the ugly-looking, mutated, poor species made from them. They were more violent, more ugly-looking. The other was humanity, which they put in that a latent gene that eventually became like the mutants, the superheroes, a latent gene that would lead to an emerging power. And the final species they created from primates was the Eternals. And they were... Basically, godlike immortal beings who were super po- overpowered, and they were kind of 
in charge of watching over humanity to some extent, but l- mostly in charge of listening to what the Celestials told them to do. They were the main workers for the Celestials. And so this is kind of the the start for the Eternals. And what we get here is a few deviations from what I'm seeing in the trailer. So they mentioned that Eternals came in the trailer 7,000 years ago, I believe. Yeah. Um. So I don't know if they're still keeping with the idea that the Eternals were made from the original primates that led to humanity or and just went to Titan and came back, or if they're completely ditching that and saying the Eternals are entirely separate from humanity. I'm wondering if they're deviating from the original Jack Kirby thing with it. Um, I have no idea. Which is possible. The other... the So that's one way they're deviating. I also see... um a lot of influence of the Neil Gaiman comics because his was largely about um, them gathering the Eternals from among different parts of humanity, of like them gathering up to fight against this big baddie. Um, and it seems kind of like they're heavily leaning into that sort of plot. I really liked the trailer um, because the the one of the things that stood out to me was you know them asking the question, you know, who told you guys not to get involved? That one is a much and, needed question. And then you, they answer it by having the celestial pop right up. Now, if you're not a Marvel fan, you'd be like, okay, cool. That's what, what's this huge mech thing doing here? But they're essentially answering the question in that trailer by just having him show up there, which is awesome. Which entirely makes sense. Cause their job is to listen to the celestials. Cause like 90% of the eternal comics I've read is them turning to humans who are like trying to do something crazy and being like, guys, the Celestials will kill you. Please calm down and stop and listen to them. And correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't Thanos a deviant? Thanos is part deviant, part eternal. So he was born of an eternal mother, but had deviant genes within him. And isn't that Angelina Jolie's character or is I, that his sister? I don't know. They're somehow it related. It wasn't Angelina Jolie's character, but I believe... Um, I don't know if it's Thena was the name. I very recently read the comic, so you have to excuse me, guys. Um, I believe it's Thena, but she had like somewhat of a relationship with a deviant, and they kind of tease that in the trailer. Right, when she gets picked up and like her arms are crossed. And I he's believe like, the he, like, deviant's name is Crow, um, and that like he shows up a lot in the Jack Kirby stuff. So she's kind of has a relationship with the deviants, but I don't believe that she's related to Thanos from the limited knowledge I have. Okay. So other things that stood out to me in this trailer was the emergence. What is the emergence? Is it just the emergence mm. of um, more deviants? Is it the emergence of the celestials? Is it an emergence of all these other things? It's kind of like they're saying that the snap did more than just bring humans back. It did a lot more that I think is going to affect the Marvel Universe for many, many years. Which I wonder if the emergence is going to answer, okay, the question of where's the deviants been the whole time? They answered where have the Eternals been the whole time? They've been kind of sidestepped away from Thanos and the plots of humanity because the Celestials told them to. Maybe the Emergence is going to say, all right, the Deviants weren't around because they are kind of in this hibernated state underground or something. I don't know, but the I also do like that they gave us context when this movie is happening. It sounds like it's right after Endgame. Mm. And I have said this before, but I really like when they press into, you know, what happened right after the snap, both snaps. And also, you know, that, you know, like, like Falcon was really good because they really, you know, went into like how it really affected all these societies and the, the different, you know, cultures and whatnot. 
Um, so I'm, I'm I'm excited to see it from more, I guess, like a superhero perspective. Yeah. Not uh, that they're not superheroes, but you know what I'm talking no, about. No, from like a um, more celestial being yes. perspective. God's perspective. Yeah. And... So I'm I'm hyped to see that. I'm I'm still hyped to see that they're not throwing away the impact of Thanos's snap, because um, they've been very consistent on letting that become a big thing within the Marvel universe. And I, overall, I'm actually I I've said in the podcast before I thought the Eternals would be the first flop for Marvel, but I'm kind of taking that back now. Can we say that like Iron Man three or Thor? Thor Dark World or Captain Marvel were quality wise they were the most flops but money wise they made a lot of money I I actually do wonder at some point what is going to be like just this awful awful Marvel movie and it's going to ruin the person's career instead of launch it into platinum like so you're saying who's going to be the Hayden Christensen of Marvel uh, I'm saying who's going to be the Jake Lloyd of Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we love you, Jake Lloyd. But yeah, that that is a thing. Maybe it's going to be the child um, Eternal. Because it is an Eternal who's like a little kid. And his powers are kind of reality warping, similar to like the classic Loki from the Loki TV series. Um, their power sets are really different. The main one played by um, the dude from Game of Thrones. Well, both I, the Stark brothers are in there. That's another both point. Both the Stark brothers. The one, one, the older Stark brother is playing Icarus, who's kind of like Superman. Okay. Um, and then the other ones have like variety of powers from like reality warping to just matter warping. And Jon Snow's character, I, I don't know the actor, Kit, Kit Harrington. Yeah. He's playing um, Black Knight, who's basically just Jon Snow, but Marvel. Yeah, he rides around with a big black sword and a, on a horse, and is a knight, and that's all he does. And has uh, sex with his aunt. I did not know that. No, I I know Jon Snow does that. Oh. I'm wonder, I'm asking <laughs> if Black Knight does that. Uh, I'm assuming not because it's Marvel, and you know they don't really want to do uh, do that kind of thing. <laughs> uh, that's I guess that's not true because <laughs> that's we both know that's not true because of uh, what happened to Wanda. Or, um, yeah, Wanda and Pietro in the Ultimate Universe. That's true. They definitely made brother and sister bang. Yes. I don't know how the hell we ended up on there from Eternals. <laughs> I don't know either. <laughs> but guys, I also like I said about Shang Chi. I'm excited about this new movie as well. Um. I saw a great meme where it's from Lord of the Rings where it's like Gandalf and Theoden when Theoden's kind of nasty looking and, and, and like one of them's like, we're not getting any content and it's got Gandalf and it says Star Wars. And then it's like, we're not getting any content and it says Lord of the Rings, like, like contemplating the content and then it's Gimli fat being fat, eating food. And it's like Marvel fans this year. (laughs) (laughs) Just spooning in the absurd amount of content we're getting. Granted, we didn't get anything last year, but we are getting boatloads of content so this year. much content super excited the one thing that i am wondering is when are we gonna get that spider-man trailer i don't know if we will oh i, I heard it's being played at one of the cons or okay. one of the not, not i don't know if it's necessarily a con but it's a uh like a it might be like one of those movie more uh, where it's like you, you see all these like movie trailers and mm-hmm. like a festival kind of thing like that um, I did see that they plan on playing it there, so I'm really hoping that someone brings a phone in and 
records it with really and crappy leaks quality. It for us. Yes, be a homie. Yeah, the, we will. The fans will embrace you, and if you get in trouble, we'll pay for your fines. <laughs> but I, I think the problem though with the Spider-Man trailer is the expectations are so high. Well, the problem is too is they can't spoil something, and Sony always has a history of doing that. What with, with Venom? Like the best part of that whole movie was when. Uh, Venom says we are Venom, and they spoiled that with like the thirty, the first couple minutes of the trailer. And it's like, ah, why, why did you waste that? You know, such an important scene. Which I, I don't think the Eternals wasted any major scenes. I don't think the Shang Chi stuff has wasted anything so far. That's because it's Marvel, not I mean Disney making those trailers. Like that's true. That's the that's why, and I I also think it would be very cool. Not that I'm for it, but it would be very cool if. Marvel didn't put out a trailer at all, and this was like one of the first movies that we went to, and no saw, idea, no idea, walking in with no expectation. When we have expectations, thing is, like, the expectations are going to still be super high. That's the tough part. But we've been doing fans have been doing such a good job of promoting this movie. They don't even have to really do any marketing. They don't have to oh, put out a trailer. Yeah, that is true. Marvel's beyond the point where they need to do marketing. Like they just don't need to. Like I mean, for Eternals and. Maybe Shang-Chi they have okay, to. Okay, true. But, but I'm, for I'm, Spider-Man. Spider-Man movies, I, I don't think they have to for... The problem is I'm worried that they're going to release a trailer. The trailer at the end is going to show Tobey Maguire. We're all going to freak out, and that's going to ruin like the coolest part of the movie. It could be uh, true. Or it could be like in Civil War where that one clip where Iron Man you know, yells under Roos and he flips and caps, like takes uh cap shield. And that one clip alone just broke the internet. And True. So it could be, so maybe they pick something from that trailer. That's not even, you know, that important, but it would still break the internet. I don't know how we got on talking about Spider-Man. I don't I think know. It's just trailers in general. It's just but, trailers. But should we, should we move over to the star Wars trailer that dropped this earlier this week? Yes. Star Wars visions trailer. I am hyped. Y'all, uh, it was so good, and we're gonna. Gary has not seen it, so I have we're not. Gonna, we're gonna watch it right now. Holy shit, dude! I, I am so hyped for this show. Um, we watched that trailer twice because yeah. that's how good it is. Y'all, I, I, uh, yes, we are anime fans, and if you are not, I'm sure there are certain things when you see that trailer where it's like, I, why, but. There's just so much that I'm so excited to talk about right now. Yeah, I don't know where to start. I'm 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 speechless. But I mean, okay, so the first couple things that it stood out to me is seven different studios and it's clear from each episode it's a different animation style, which I love because there's they're letting them do their own creative thing, but there's it's not all going to be like like Bad Batch and Clone Wars are all, you know, kind of the, the same kind of style. Rebels is kind of like it's all kind of similar, you know, yeah. um animation. I mean like like Rebels and Clone Wars have a little bit of difference, but like there is stark difference in a, a lot of these different animation styles and I dig it. There's like it goes between cutesy and then like dark and grungy with that Sith Lord who's just like wrinkled up and scary. Who looks like Emperor Palpatine but uber just you know, I, I don't even know. It's just I don't know. awesome. It's like, okay, 
I'm going to give some anime equivalents. Like, there's some Studio Ghibli, like My Neighbor Totoro kind of style that they're super cute. There's, like, the Beyblade-type style, Digimon, like, classic shonen anime look. And then there's kind of like the Cowboy Bebop, Samurai Champloo, like, dark, grungy look to it. Yes. Like, there's a wide range in just pure artistic style. Um, I love how they show the force in this. There are oh so many gosh. times where, like the one when the red lightsaber is going down, and he uses the force to that catch it. That is my favorite one. And um, I one I also think I noticed Kylo Ren was in there. It sounded like Adam Driver's voice. I don't know if it was, but like because he, he clicks the lightsaber and it's got the the um, cross. I don't know, but if it is, I'm all for it. You know, I and, love Kylo. And one I'm wondering, okay, is this going to be canon? I don't know. I've heard more rumors that it isn't than rumors that it is but it seems like we're going to get new worlds and it talks about this in the trailer but we're gonna get new worlds but we're also gonna get worlds that we're familiar with as well i got goosebumps when they showed um tattooing with the pod racing arena i got straight up goosebumps with that guys i i can't describe like my i, I got teary-eyed like watching it because it was just so it's just so good the, the other things that stood out to me General Grievous, but female and eight arms? I'm not sure. But, Six? But she's using um, an old Legends lightsaber type of the laser whip. It's a light whip, like where it wraps around the other lightsaber. And I'm like, that is a total callback to fans or just weird tentacle stuff. I don't know. Either way, Either way I'm for it. I, I'm here for it. I okay, want all we of have it. to talk too about the guy with like the ceiling fan type. Well, yes. That one is. Uh, okay, guys, I know Star Wars fans like to make fun of the excessiveness of lightsabers at times, but that's the kind of excess we need. Okay, General Grievous looked at that man and started sweating. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I Other things that stood out to me, um, just like the... I, I can't... I don't even know. It's just... It's going to be something so Star Wars, but, but also so, so different. not. So, okay, let's speak to the non-anime fan here, Justice, on to why, why they should give it a shot. So, like, first off, every Star Wars fan accepts that samurai movie influence is heavy. Like, Kurosawa influence is very heavy in Star Wars. I mean, they're essentially samurai in space. And anime is kind of like the modern-day Kurosawa film um, of that major cinema cinematic experience from japan so it's very much a modern day telling of ancient of older star wars roots and then on top of it you have what we've mentioned a bunch of times the added benefit of animation doesn't give a damn about the laws of physics so like you can display the force to an insane degree that just would not work in live action and what I appreciate about anime that I feel like doesn't happen a lot in Western culture is they think just outside of the box in general with their storytelling. True. And it, it's going to introduce you to a variety of different stories in a universe that you love. So I just think it's something that you should try. So all of the Star Wars fans who are out there like sometimes rightfully, sometimes not rightfully complaining that Star Wars is becoming cookie cutter now that it's owned by Disney Okay, imagine all of the chains that are holding back the creativity within the franchise are gone. And that's what anime offers. 
Like there is nothing holding back any idea. Like everything's on the table when you bring it into anime studios. One of the things that I absolutely love in the trailer is the music because anime has, or at least shonen, has this really unique style of it being, um, you know, using like flutes and um, mm. instrumental stuff mixed with this heavy rock or like Naruto is really good at doing yeah. it. And in this one, they have a really nice, you know, sound to it. But the one part where she's riding on the speeder and she jumps off and is on the ice and the guy is following her and shooting her and it her like slashing slash uh, blocking the bolts lines up perfectly with the beat in the music oh, was so good and then she so and then when good. and then when she like slices the speeder it like also is like a longer note in the song and then like mm-hmm. transitions to something else i'm like huh i just it it was timing timing so well it's it's great and okay i just realized this dude the intro and outro for this series, every episode is going to be so good. So anime has this thing where the intros are super long, but like incredibly epic. So when Disney Plus says, do you want to skip intro? Don't skip the damn intro. That. And one other thing that we appreciated is you can watch the, for anime fans, this is totally for you. Um, you know, there's a, always debate on whether you want to watch something sub or dub. Uh, they have the trailer in sub and dub, which I fully appreciate that they did that. I, I am a dub fan, but I appreciate for the anime fans that they offer it in sub. Like, I think that's just an extra step above for the fans and effort that is just good. Yeah, and so I'm I'm excited for this. Um, I think it's going to be something that is just going to blow the doors off of everyone and it's like i i originally thought it was going to just be this thing that kind of flies under the radar and only like hardcore fans are going to like it but i think that there is episodes in there that are going to allow people to get fully immersed in anime and also love it because it's star wars and might open up a door for you to just enjoy other anime yeah because i i've seen even on twitter a lot of star wars fans being like i'm all for this I'm not really interested in anime, but I'm all for visions. You guys have no idea. I've had so many people that I've talked to who over quarantine just like watch something slightly similar to anime. And then the floodgates opened and they realized, what have I been doing my whole life not seeing this material? This is going to be like Avatar The Last Airbender Part 2. Basically, yeah. Like it's major. It's going to be the next California role of anime. The Demon Slayer of Quarantine Part 2. Basically, yeah. Because we all know COVID's getting worse, unfortunately. (laughs) (laughs) Ayo. But yeah, those are... Are those all the trailers we have set up on the docket for today? Those are. So we are going to transition in talking about the experience that Gary and I had today, which was great. My family came along as well. And we went to the Marvel Museum. Gary, what were your thoughts? Okay, so... It was at the Museum of Science and Industry in Chicago, and they had like two different gallery galleries set up. And you're mentioning Justice, and I did the same thing. I didn't look it up at all because um, I didn't know what to expect. I didn't want to overhype or underhype it. I just want to experience it too. And I think it had a great mix of things from the movies and things from the actual source material. Um which is something I was wondering the whole time. Is it going to lean heavily into the movies? Is it going to lean heavily into the comics? And they did a good job going between both. Like, I genuinely enjoyed it. I really did. 
did it like have an immensity of material Smithsonian style? No, but I don't think that's the purpose of it because it's got to be a small thing they can travel around. Yeah, I I did think it was kind of weird that it was at the science and field, you know, the science and in- industry one because it's more of a historic thing. It's walking through the history of comics. That's kind of how they set it up. Yeah, and so it should have been in the field museum. Anyway, I liked it a whole lot. Um, it starts off, you know, talking about the first ever like comic, and it does a lot of talking it, about. It even Stan starts Lee. as far back as like what are comics like what were the first ones right before superheroes before that you got your westerns your horrors your tales to astonish stuff Mm -hmm. the the stuff that kids were reading before even the first superhero thing ever came out and Mm -hmm. then how superhero comics like captain america really impacted everything with world war ii and then it kind of dipped after all the war stuff was done so it it did a really good job of kind of showing the history of it also one of the things that I really appreciated about it and that we kind of have a long discussion with you, me and my dad about this is um, they shined a lot of good light on Stanley, but they also shined a ton of light on all the other content creators, artists, inkers, Steve Dicko, Jack Kirby yep. all got their credence. Um, Cause we were talking about this a lot and you just recently got the new um, biography on Stanley um, how we do really think that he deserves a lot of love and credit for what he did. He was like the guy for Marvel. He hyped a lot of the material and he did provide a lot through his writing. But we also know he took a lot of credit away from people who really deserved it. Right. And so the book that Gary's talking about is called The Rise and Fall of Stan Lee, which I've started, I actually started reading on the car ride home. I'm really liking it. Uh, I will update you guys more as I finish it because I have many, many other books to read, so I don't know if I will continue reading it mm. um, right away. But it is something that I um, want to read. And I also know it's probably going to slightly break my heart because I do love Stanley, mm-hmm. but I also know that sometimes he was a D-bag, which we all are at some point in our life. Yeah, like he's a whole person. They did a good job of highlighting him, but also like showing love to a lot of different creators. And the way that they did that is something that I even think today artists are still struggling with, comic book you know, artists, inkers, whatever, is they spent a lot of time talking about what is original art, why is it original art, and why it's so important. And in this museum, there was so much original art for front covers, interior pages, um, just random designs, even having commissions in there it was super cool so like with the original art like say for example like they had fantastic four number one and they would show the original page layout that they had for one of the pages and it was really cool because you could see the notes they were taking on that page and the things they like would white out things that they would kind of scratch into you could see the little pencil marks and pen marks which I really appreciated, and it sounds stupid, but I took a bunch of pictures of this. All of those original arts, there was a ton of them that just had coffee stains. And for some <laughs> reason, that just, like, humanized it for me of, like, wow. Like, you could tell these guys were cramming down coffee trying to get these comics done. And, like, this is something actually, like, Jack Kirby and Stan Lee worked on. Like, it definitely humanized it for me more than just being like, oh, that's a neat little piece of art. Right, and and so what they really do, Gallery 1, 
kind of breaks down the history, but then it also you walk through the main superheroes that Stan Lee, Steve Dicko, and uh, Jack Kirby created. And they they focus a lot on their their history and like kind of the movie. So there's a lot of superhero suits, but then there's, you know, sometimes there's interactive things that you can do to learn more about this character or whatnot. Though yeah. my favorite interactive was, there's two. One was how color has vastly or um, vastly changed how we use in you know comics originally there was only four colors and it went through the process of what they did to render the picture mm. compared to now where they can use thousands and thousands of color because of technology and then the other thing that i really liked was like this systematic process of how a comic is created to how a comic is completed and shipped out and you know the it was kind of like a I guess like a bubble and then there's like arrows like pointing to the, like the next step, the next step, the next step and just giving everyone their due process and how this, we get these special things every single Wednesday. Yeah. They, they highlighted more of the process to show like there's the inker, there's this and that, the, the different people involved besides just writer and illustrator, like showing that it's not just two dudes making right. it. Um, so then, so that was kind of gallery one and then gallery two really expanded into all types of heroes. And the thing that I think stood out to me was the first one's definitely like the history and like the core heroes, Spider-Man, yeah. Iron Man, Captain America, Ant-Man, um, Thor, like, uh, you know, Hawkeye. But then when you move to the second gallery, it opened up into all these different variety of superheroes that Marvel has from your street level to your supernatural to your, the new up and coming. And they, so they have a lot of like new age stuff in this Marvel exhibit that has already made it like a significant impact in the comic community. So I just really liked that it was there. And like they included a lot too for the non major fan to kind of learn a little bit more about what Marvel is. Like, they're showing the different types of aliens, the different type of cosmic entities, things that, like, the casual person who's just a fan of the movies wouldn't know, and they can kind of learn along the way. So they weren't just teaching about this history of, like, Stanley and all those main guys from the comics, which is interesting, but also the history of their written universe. Right, like, one of the things that I thought was super cool is they spent a whole section talking about all the different marvel or captain marvel characters or per people who have donned that name mm. uh because my dad and my sister were like oh i don't really like you know carol danvers that much and but then they were sitting there and like they had already gotten to that section before i did and my sister goes i didn't know you know captain marvel was a guy and i'm like oh yeah like he's got this th this that character's name has such a long rich history mm -hmm. it's not just this new character and so it was I guess a cool experience for me because I was able to kind of just you and I were both able to share, um, you know, this extra stuff that wasn't even on the walls that they could, you know, experience. But they were able to ask questions and we were able to answer that for them. And like have the people have people we know actually show interest in it, too. It's a nice springboard if you have like friends and family who are kind of pseudo interested and you're like, I want to talk about this stuff with you. It's a fun thing to bring everyone in no matter their level of nerdiness. But I do feel like we have to talk about the stuff from the movies in particular. So, like, the there's a multitude of things that really stuck out for me. A lot of the there's a lot of costumes and different pieces of equipment from the movies. For example, like they had Spider-Man's suit, um, Tom Holland's suit from Spider-Man, and each and every one we'd go to, it's like 
it's just surprising on, on how small like the actors are and stuff and then you get to like chris pratt star lord and it's just massive and you're like he's a big man <laughs> or yeah you get to chris hemsworth's uh Thor Ragnarok. and you're like dang yeah and then the, I, my favorite of all the suits they had three iron man suits they mm. had the mark one from iron man one and then they also had the mark three from the end of iron man one and then they had i think the mark seven Seven or eight. I either, either way, Gary took a really sick picture where he's got all three of them. I'm gonna it, post it on our Twitter yeah, at some point. It, and it it looks like posting our Twitter. We don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it looks like from a movie, like from when he's got like all his suits lined up. It, that's exactly what it looks like. It and, looks like Iron Man's like garage of the suits. Yeah, and it's just the Mark Threes, and it's got even like the bullet holes and like the beat look look to yeah it. It, the it, mark three is a special place in my heart yeah that suit is it's by far probably my favorite but suit. like for the movie suits i kept on like going up close to them expecting to see okay what is like the the thing that are going to take me out of the universe you know the stuff behind the door that's going to make it clear that they're movie suits but like in the mark one for example i was looking at that like went right up close to it and i'm like this looks like Iron Man's suit through and through. It doesn't look like it's a movie set suit. The one where I felt that was the they had a Black Panther mm. um, section, and then they had uh, T'Challa's you know um, suit, and that one I was just kind of like, oh, Rip Chadwick Boseman. Yeah, and it so the the suits were awesome. Um, the exhibit was great. We have to talk about two. Um, so one of my concerns was that they'd only cover the Disney properties. But they actually covered a lot more. Yeah, they went into the Netflix, Netflix series. There's a really good Daredevil. They and did Electra stuff, um, including like the X Men animated series. They showed original uh, slides and artwork from that. Um, uh, original artwork from different X Men covers. Like they had a section for Into the Spider Verse, and they had sections for. You know, some of the newer teams that aren't really... They gave really... an homage to Nick Cage Ghost Rider, my dude. Yeah, that Ghost Rider picture on... The... I took a picture of that. That was That awesome. was sick. There is a really funny, like, Deadpool po- picture, and he's reading a book, and it says 101 cap jokes. And I'm like, <laughs> that's funny. Um, I also loved um, seeing the William Dafoe uh, Green Goblin mask. Mm. That was cool. That was cool. And... The I think the other thing that I really liked, and it was one, I'm bringing it up because it's kind of funny, is one of the cool aspects is they had some of the original comics in cases. Some of them weren't even graded. Yeah. And the best part is, you know, next to the pieces of art, it kind of thanked whoever you know gave them this art that they could have in this showcase. But the Amazing Fantasy 15, the first ever Spider-Man issue says it's loaned to this thing. It's not even like they gave it to him to have for this exhibit. Like, there's no way that that guy would give up this Spider-Man issue. No, he's not giving that up. But they had um the first Marvel comic, and it was a grade four. Yeah, the the first, like, the it's technically like the Marvel Tales. It's, it's he, called Marvel Comics, and it introduces the Human Torch, who isn't part of the Fantastic Four, the Angel, Namor the Submariner, and the Mask Raider. Right. For all y'all who don't know, but the Human Torch was one of the first characters, and he was an android, and then they kind of reworked his character for Fantastic Four. And they had, uh, okay, so other comics, they had Fantastic Four number one, which 
That one shocked me. It wasn't graded there. They had Amazing Fantasy 15, the first ever showing up of Spider-Man. And what else did they have? They had a bunch of just classic, classic comics, those being some of the most notable ones um, where you're, like, looking at it. And I, I, like, had moments where I was reading the covers of those, and I'm like, I'm reading an actual copy of Amazing Fantasy 15 right now. And I'm like, my nerdy soul got struck by that. Yeah, Morgan walked up and was like, this comic looks really bad. I don't know. I'm like, this comic is worth so much money, and I would probably drop dead if I ever got to like hold it hold one just Just, i i felt fortunate to read one that is encased in front of me it's like looking at the like tablets moses brought down from mount sinai there's a reason that in the comic collecting community they're called holy grails because that is a holy grail it is a holy grail like i i don't know if you felt the same way but i felt fortunate just to (laughs) read the cover of it (laughs) encased in a glass yeah and oh man so yes, if I, if you're thinking about going to the exhibit, definitely do it. Um, and we made a, a whole day event. Like we went around. We went the whole day around the museum and like enjoyed it. Like I was definitely <laughs> tired by the time we got to the exhibit. Right, but earlier in the day, I'm like, they have a chemistry section, and Gary's like, shut up, Justin. <laughs> <laughs> so like that, like they had the, like the Tesla coils and yeah, they had fun stuff there. Can we tell? I'm gonna tell about the the farmer thing because that's fucking funny. That is really funny. <laughs> so so my uh, my sister's boyfriend came with us, and he's more into like cars and farming and whatnot. And there's this like section where it's all about farming technology and there's this huge you know piece of farm equipment and he leans over to my dad and i he goes you know that's probably worth like eight hundred thousand dollars and this one guy like random guy never met him before turns around goes actually it's three-fourths of a million and and we're like sure 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 sure, yeah (laughs) sure dude eight hundred thousand versus seven (laughs) hundred fifty thousand you're right you you got me there you got us And and it was just like we all like looked at each other like why did you feel the need to enter into our conversation? <laughs> I don't know why. Anytime Walter opened his mouth and then proceeded to say something, random nerdy farmers turned around and tried to have a conversation with him. I'm like, you guys need to find people and find friends to hang out with. <laughs> and we were the ones who were literally crying seeing the first Spider-Man. And we're like, you need to get over yourself. <laughs> Context. Anyway. You got anything else that you want to say on the No, I just I just had a good time with it. Yeah. I, I just liked it a lot. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. And there's also baby chicks that are being hatched and the Not feel... the Marvel thing, but it was sent the yeah. Museum of Science. And, and I feel industry. bad for the, the frogs whose eyes are turned green because Dude, of Dude, those frogs are mutated. Yeah. They're they're the deviant frogs yeah, where the deviant frogs. Where like they're eternals god like <laughs> beings over them. But guys, we're also gonna jump into our comic section. Which is going to probably be a little bit longer because last week, or is it two weeks? Last week. Yeah. Uh, probably my one of my favorite days of the year um, because of comics. It was free comic book day. And I actually had a great experience because I was able to make a friend out of it. And the comic book store I went to was Top Cut Comics in Rockford, Illinois. Shout out to those guys. They were nice enough to uh, let us take five comics and then obviously you have to go around and shop there because that's the whole point. And you know you're supposed to like give... you don't have to, but you're like 
you're gonna support them. Yeah, you're you gonna know? especially with every, like going with everything going on. The comic book shop industry obviously has been struggling as well. So it's always a good time just to you know go and support your local stores, specifically your local comic book shops. But um, so the comics that I got, and the, so the way that I kind of finesse their system because i really wanted more than five i kind of wanted 14 of them mm. i had in my mind but there were specifically like 10 that i wanted and the guy that i made friends with his girlfriend was with him and she wasn't going to get any comics and he didn't even know that they were he only thought that there was going to be two the marvel ones which we'll talk about in a second but i was like no there's probably gonna be 30 different titles from all different publishers and she and I was like, I'm looking to get a lot of them. And he was like, Well, she's not getting any, so you just tell her which ones to pick up. And so that's how I ended up getting a bunch more because that's I just, great. She was standing in front of line of me, and I'd be like, Hey, get, get that one. And I'm like, She's like, Okay. And then she'd like pick mm-hmm. it up for me. And then we walked through the line, and they gave us a bag. And then I just, she like turned around and handed them to me, which was really cool. That's really great. Yeah. Um, so the ones that I got were Red Room, which is a really ho- weird horror comic about dark web stuff and clowns. Uh, I'll probably talk about that later and that, after. Okay, that yeah. one that sounds like something that would be totally up my alley. Though. Yeah, like the, the some of the panels are what a computer camera would look like if you were watching something on the dark web, <laughs> and that terrifies me. And I'm so into it. Yeah, like there's like a there's like a section where like there's a chat on the side, and and there and you get to see how many people are viewing that computer screen. It's weird. It's it's super weird. It's got a lot going on. Um. I don't want to spend too much time on it, but I got, mm. so I got that House of Slaughter, which is going to be a new comic book series that's coming out. That's going to go pair with that. And uh, something is killing the children, which is funny because something is killing the children wasn't even supposed to go this long. And right. now they're becoming a universe. Well, I think Tinian always had the idea, but he didn't realize that it was going to be so huge. Yeah. Um, And then so I got the two Marvel ones, which it was in each Marvel comic, there was two stories. So there was the Avengers and Hulk, and then there was a Venom and Spider-Man. I personally liked the Spider-Man and the Avengers one. I um the sorry, I mean Spider-Man Venom one because the Venom one kind of picked up after the Venom thirty-five and is kind of showing what Al Ewing's going to be doing. To take a step back there, so we've talked about on the show how we love the Donny Cates Venom run, um, and I've talked about how like I've been reading the Immortal Hulk run by Al Ewing. Um, essentially, those two writers, great writers, are switching roles. Al Ewing is taking over Venom right where Donny Cates left off, and Donny Cates is taking over the Hulk. But, but not where Al, Al But not where like, Al Ewing left off. Right, and... So I really liked the Venom story. Uh, it, you, I don't really want to spoil it for you because I know you really want to read it. I but do. the it's good. It it was a great teaser. Spider Man seems super interesting. It's completely different. It's picking up right after Nick Spencer's run, which is supposed to end soon at issue seventy five. Which, and then, so I really liked that free comic book day, and I really liked House of Slaughter. I was kind of, and I don't want this to be mean because you guys know if you're fans of this podcast how much I love Donnie Cates, but I was not very impressed with the Hulk issue. I wonder and, how much of it is how much if you just not being a huge Hulk fan. It's not that because I do like Al Ewing's run. Okay. I just haven't read a whole lot of it. I've read like 15 issues of it. Mm-hmm. It It's hard to explain, but it's 
it's weird. Like the it was the internal monologue of Hulk that I was not used to. He like it's like full form thoughts and that you need to read more of Al Ewing's run then. But it's it, it's di- it's very very different. It's weird. Uh, when I read it, I I even talked to a good buddy of mine, um, Coda. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, man, like I, I, I wasn't super impressed with it. But that being said, I'm totally going to keep on reading Donny Cates' stuff, like love his work. And I have really high expectations for this new Hulk run. I'm just saying like, it didn't tickle my fancy right away. I'll tickle your fancy. Please. But it, I, I, I need to read both of those. Um, and the Avengers one was meh. I, I, I had like, you were like, "Hey, want to get comics for new for a free comic book day?" And I'm like, "It's tomorrow, shit." And I, because I had like family stuff all that day, and I was kind of bitter the whole time. Yeah, uh, I was talking to Coda. He went to two different stores, and one store let him take one of every single free comic book. What I know, and then so what's also really cool is the comic book store that I go to regularly, which is Amazing Fantasy in Frankfurt, Illinois. Shout out to those guys. She had a ton left over. And was just like, yo, I saved one. I saved a house of slaughter for you, but go over there. And I know that there's a bunch. So I picked up like the Legend of Korra one. Mm. I picked up Stray Dogs, which if y'all aren't reading Stray Dogs, you need to be reading that one. It's from a it's like John Wick, but from the perspective of a dog. And like the dog, like the dog is fighting back because his owner was killed. Uh, the dog is kidnapped and figures out that it was kidnapped and is trying to get away from the kidnapper. Okay. And. And what's great about, I you know, variant issues or some are good, some are some are bad. Each like different one has variant issues that are somehow related to a classic horror movie. Okay, I like that concept. I it's like super that. cool. That's so like cool. It's, so it's like there's like a 28 weeks later zombie dog version one. That's so cool. Yeah. So that that's a, that's one thing I like about this series. Also, one last thing about. It's not even really free comic book day. It's just a cool comic concept in general. And then we'll get into the comic that I actually want to talk about. Uh, there's this new, there's this comic company publisher called Bad Ideas. And their whole thing is you can only buy one issue a week when that issue comes out. Because their their intention is for you to read it. Not just like, they're trying to like Not curb, just collect. Yeah, not, they're trying to curb that whole collecting idea. And so I've read a couple of them. One was like Tankers and the idea is they run out of fuel and so they go back in time to fuel to like hmm. to go and fuel but then there's or like going to collect fuel uh, i know how many times i'm going to keep on saying that anyway but then they didn't realize that there was going to be dinosaurs and so now i had to fight dinosaurs which is a super cool concept mm. anyway uh the one that just came out it's i haven't read it yet but it's called passive aggressive and i think this is amazing marketing they didn't tell anyone and they didn't tell them what they were shipping but there's a passive comic and then there's the aggressive comic, but okay. but no store got both, and they're not gonna that you can't go and just like comic book stores can't go and order the other version that they didn't get because if you order passive aggressive, you're just gonna you, there's a chance where you could order just more aggressive if you already have it, and so why would you want more of that same comic? So you have to go online after and find the other version. Yeah, so I think I got the aggressive version. Okay, I have not read it yet. I'm excited to. But I thought that was a cool marketing scheme. That is a really cool idea. So, yeah, that w- that one was really cool. Um, I have been reading a lot of comics just because I'm out of school and now and, you know, I have to catch up. I'm like four weeks behind. You, How many comics did you say you had today? 
Um, in total, on my phone, my app says that I have three thousand three hundred and forty comics. But to put it in perspective, uh, in twenty twenty alone, I only bought seven hundred ish comics. And, only. And this year, I've and it's already in August. I've bought an eight hundred and forty. Damn. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, I buy a lot. You can judge me all you want. All those memes where it talks about like, oh, I'm going to buy this book. They're like, but you have all those other ones that you have to... Um, shut up, okay? You're like feeling pers- personally attacked. I by am them. personally attacked about that. All right, but let me tell you about this new comic that I read. Yes. It's called Lucky Devil. One of the things you guys have to kind of understand about me when it comes to... I, I, for those of you who don't know, I am interested in someday writing my own stories, writing some novels. I did go to school for creative writing through multiple various forms of different media and which I plan to use with podcasting anyway so something that super influenced me growing up since I went to you know a private school was a lot of Ted Decker books Frank Peretti books love them uh we weren't really allowed to read Stephen King so I didn't start reading that until later in life but you know that's kind of the area of you know work that really influenced me so taking something either supernatural or kind of religious and kind of flipping it on its head um not Sometimes I really do like those sacrilegious stories, but like the baby teeth by Donnie Cates, right up my right up my alley, where like she births the Antichrist but has to save her save her son from the devil. Well, it's in a way that's not completely crapping on our belief system, but just like subverting it in a way that's interesting. Exactly. Yeah. And that's where I, that's the kind of stories that I want to write. And I just found a story where I'm like kicking myself, how did I not think of this idea? <laughs> I literally read the comic. It's called Lucky Devil. It's by Ed uh Ed uh sorry, Colin Bunn who's very prolific, um, and I immediately texted Gary, and I was like, guys, because I texted you, Evan, and my friend Matt, mm-hmm. and I said, I am mad that I never thought of this idea, told you the idea, and what was your response? My response was, well, like, you told me this idea, and I'm like, that's really dope, and I'm like, immediately thought to myself, because I didn't want to be a jerk, be like, that sounds like something Justice would write, and then you're like, I'm pissed myself for not coming up with this idea. <laughs> <laughs> so... I don't have the comic in front of me, and so I'm going to blank on the guy's name, but I like it's a possession story, and what I like about it, it kind of subverts the idea of possession, demon possession, um, on its head. We've seen a bunch of them in the past. You know, I, Sometimes I feel like they're kind of overplayed. There's a ton of crappy ones on Netflix uh, that Gary and I have in fact watched (laughs) most of them (laughs) uh anyway but so it kind of starts with him at like a not an aa meeting but just like a therapy session where he's Mm -hmm. complaining about doing all these terrible things and one of the girls looks at him and goes we've all done bad things and he's like no i don't think you've done bad things like i have and kind of like it just then goes on and to kind of explain his life and he's this guy who's married to a girl who's way out of his league. And this guy's like a dweeb, like like a shaggy almost. Mm. Um, With shaggy, less weed. Yes, exactly. He like is like this worthless dude who works as an intern who's constantly had to go pick up the food and like every, all these bad things just keep on happening to him. He gets treated like crap and at one point cries out and a the, one of the demon lords from hell possesses his body and he goes on a massive rampage, just killing dudes, just walking into places, murdering folks. And um, and then when he feels like sleeping, 
he's like the guys, the guy who the, the human is able to come, you know, out and kind of control his body. And he feels like this internal just dread, which I really liked that the idea of like, if you were possessed and you knew what was going on, but you had no control. And then like the demon gave you control. Like what would that feel like? How helpless you would be. Exactly. He yeah. like, he's like crying in a corner, bawling his eyes out. Like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe I did this, but I can't really do anything about it. And, so he's, you know, trying to come up with ways of how can I get this demon out of me, but doesn't have a whole lot of money. So he goes to this kind of like New Orleans um, shaman and the guys, he's like, hey, I want an exorcist performed. And the guy goes, OK, well, like, you know, fork over a lot of money and he doesn't give him a lot. He's like, OK, well, because you didn't give me a lot of money, like it's going to be a pretty pra- crappy exorcism. <laughs> <laughs> and what ends up happening is he exercises the demon but he doesn't exercise the demon's power from his body okay so now he's in this aa meeting and he's like i have all this power why don't you guys follow me and we can like change the world for good which i'm like are you really gonna change the world for good because dude messed up some dudes after the demon you know got out of him and the end of the comic is the demon well, there's like the last couple pages, like him meeting with the demon. The demon's like, screw you. You took all my powers. And then him being in the AA meeting, trying to recruit a bunch of people to join his side. Mm. I am really excited to see where this comic goes. I love that idea of like the demonic possession, but the powers are left behind. Right. And it makes you wonder, okay, what else is left behind? How much of him is evil? How much of him is good? Like, Can you use demon powers to help people? Or are you going to essentially fall from descent and become your own demon Mm. are demon powers necessary all those things are very valid questions and i'm excited to see them explore that in this comic that's made by dark horse guys i'm really pissed off i didn't come up with this idea (laughs) (laughs) because it's a very good idea (laughs) it is and it, it i don't know like maybe i didn't explain it super well but just it just kind of flips the idea of demon possession i feel like like the i've I'm, I'm never heard of someone where it takes they, a classic concept and just creates a new construct for it exactly and what would you do if you had those kind of powers i would probably be a bad person <laughs> <laughs> i don't know i think i'd use it for like needless stupid things and be like my work's on the second floor i'm a jump all the way up there instead of taking the elevator or like just have the remote like land in my lap so i don't have to get it and grab it (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) but guys that's all of the comic stuff uh look forward to our probably our next episode where we're gonna cover what if and bad batch what if was really really good Mm -hmm. we just didn't feel like we had the capability to cover what if because we just want to make sure that when we do that we have all of the notes and we're able to you know give you a good review good commentary on it yeah we're gonna cover kind of the concept of what if because i've seen mixed reviews on it so far um which i think the mixed reviews are mainly from people who don't know what what if is about y'all are just haters yeah hate is gonna hate and i'm gonna potate (laughs) (laughs) and on that note have a wonderful week